Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, do you think it's possible? Of course it's possible. You can love your work. Hey, this is the podcast for figuring that out. If you're not thrilled with going to work every day, stick around. We're going to talk about how you can find or create work that is meaningful, fulfilling, purposeful. And you know what else? Profitable. A lot of times people assume, well, if I really did something I loved, then I'm going to live on nothing I'm going to have to live on rice and beans. No, it works the other way around. It's a whole lot easier to make money doing something you love. We're going to be talking about ways you can do that. Love what you do and make a lot of money as you're doing it. Hey, here's some of the questions we'll be addressing today. These are questions from real people like you, the listeners. If you've got a question, just go to the 48days.com website. Click on the podcast. You'll see a place there where you can shoot a question in. I'll be happy to entertain that for an upcoming show. I am Dan Meller, your host. The 48 Days comes from a book title from a couple years back, 48 Days to the Work You Love, where I talk about how to, in fact, do just what we're talking about here, how to find or create work that is meaningful and do it in 48 days. You know, this is not something where you have to dream about where you're going to be 10 years from now. You can make changes and you can do it quickly. Yes, in this economy. Yes, no matter who's elected by the time you're listening to this, we may have a new president. I'm recording this just a couple days before the election, but uh, we probably will have a new president. And no matter what, I mean, it's not going to dramatically affect your ability to be successful, regardless of who's in the White House. That's so far removed from our day-to-day lives. Is it important? Yeah, sure, it's important. But you can carve out the success you want no matter what's happening in the White House. Just be concerned about what's happening in your house. Well, here's some of the questions we'll be looking at. Dan, every day I dread going to work and when I get home, I feel like I've accomplished nothing. Somebody says this, I love this question. Dan, when does the work you love start loving you back? (laughs) Now, he's got some questions about uh, what happens if you're doing what you love, but uh, you aren't making any money. Well, we'll look at that. Somebody says, Dan, I'm selling stuff for others on Craigslist and keeping 50%. Is this a viable business model? My gosh, you got to be able to get rich doing that. Dan, if I lose my job, can my family come camp in your backyard? Dan, I've been diagnosed with anxiety disorder and I've been given three weeks personal leave to get it together. And someone says, I feel like a lion that has been tamed and conditioned to adapt to zoo life. I lost my roar. Well, we'll be looking at those and other questions today. Here's a quotation for us. This comes from Sir Richard Branson in the current edition of Success Magazine. He was asked about, you know, whether he's ever encountered a challenge that's too big. Sir Richard Branson says, I think in life you got to dream big by setting yourself seemingly impossible challenges. You then have to catch up with them. Last week on here, I had somebody ask about the fact that he's reached everything he ever set a goal for. You know, what should he do next? I'm like, you got to be kidding me. 
Set your goals higher. How, how can that be difficult? Set your goals higher so that you don't hit them every time. I mean, I'd be mortified if I hit every goal I set in the course of a year. I'd know that I hadn't set them high enough. I want to set my goals high enough that I've got about a 50-50 shot of hitting them. Of course, Branson, I mean, he sets audacious goals. Obviously, look at some of the things that he's done. I mean, flying around the world in a hot air balloon, and now he's selling seats to take people into space. If you want to pony up 200000 bucks, you can get a spot in line to be taken into space by one of the companies that Branson is heading up. And he, he poses things like this. You know, he says, what if we could fly from New York City to Australia in two hours? Now, we know that can't be done today. But those are the kind of things that he sets as goals. We can think about it. I mean, it's not inconceivable. We just haven't figured out how to do it yet. He sets goals like that. Hey, I think that's cool. Set your goals big. We're getting ready to go into a new year here. This is a great time to be setting your goals. Set some audacious goals, goals that you have no clue how you could accomplish them. But it's funny what happens when you actually set goals with a timeline and start creating a plan, how often those big, audacious, seemingly impossible goals start to come into view. I mean, I've done it for years. It's an exciting time of year for me knowing that by November 15th, I'm going to have all my goals set out for the next year. But then it's exciting to see what happens between even November 15th and January 1st. Because once the mind is set, wheels start in motion, things you cannot stop the progress that starts pushing you toward the goals that you've identified. Check it out. Do it. Hey, I want to share a success story. We try to do that every week here. This one comes from Eric Kershat who says this, just got this note from him. Dan, with more than 12 years experience in corporate human resources, I realized early in 2011 that I had a passion for the disc assessment and I wanted to see what I could do with it outside of my day job. I yearned to start a small business, yet I didn't feel that I was wired as an entrepreneur. The idea of setting off into uncharted territory was somewhat frightening for this high SC on the disc profile. Now, the CS categories mean somebody that likes to keep things the same. They like very detailed plans. They don't like things that are unpredictable or spontaneous or impulsive, unplanned. They like to keep things the same. So Eric is saying that's him. But he's saying, however, with your voice in the 48 Days podcast as my weekly dose of much needed optimism and the 48 Days online community offering sound professional advice, I started HarmonyInsights.com a business that allows me to work with motivated organizations and individuals looking to enhance communication skills. Now listen to what happened. This is so cool. The moment that solidified for me that I was on the right path was when following my first official paid workshop in a suburb of Chicago, a participant approached me and asked for my business card. She was employed at a school in Switzerland and wanted me to travel there to work with her executive team. I may have even laughed at the time, considering it a long shot that I would end up making the trip. However, within a matter of days, I was already researching flights and making plans to travel abroad. Sitting on Lake Geneva, I couldn't have been more cognizant of my gratitude for the 48 days resources and materials, as well as your own consistent encouragement to follow one's passions. You've inspired me to step outside of my comfort zone, and now I have the treasured memories of a week of work and play in Switzerland. 
to remind me of the extraordinary opportunities that lay before me. With my sincerest thanks, Eric Kershat. What a cool story. You know, isn't that awesome? I mean, I use often a quotation from James Mishner that talks about the goal is to blend our work and play so that people can't tell which, which we're doing. You know, I love that quotation. And uh, I'm sure we've got it on our website. You can find it there if you want the whole thing or just look it up. But uh, I tried to live that out. I mean, Joanna and I were just in Beaver Creek, Colorado. Now, if you know anything about Beaver Creek, Colorado, uh, this is uh, kind of a fancy place, to say the least. It's just outside of Vail, Colorado, and it's a very elite community for you know, resort attendees, skiers, and so on. Well, I was asked to come to a conference there to speak. So we flew out there. Our flights were taken care of. The listed rate in our hotel room where we stayed for four nights was $1,200 a night. All our meals were taken care of. Other expenses all taken care of. And I got paid a rather substantial fee for speaking at the conference. I mean, how cool is that? Yeah, Joanne went with me because we saw it was going to be a cool place to go. As it turns out, we added on another four days to our trip before we flew back out of Denver and drove down and spent that time with our son and his family in Woodland Park, Colorado. So we put in a personal trip that was totally paid for because it was a business trip. But I mean, yeah, those are the kind of things that start showing up when you get clear on what kind of work would you like to do then what kind of a plan are you going to put together to make that happen? That's what you got to do. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about the American dream in one of my blogs. We had a ton of responses to that where I talked about the American dream used to be, and I gave it as, as an example, a wedding we went to recently where the young bride and groom got married. They both have a ton of student loan debt. They both have new jobs. Neither of them are making $30,000 a year, but they have two brand new car payments, student loan payments, rent on their apartment. They have a storage space already for the crap they've accumulated. They, they can't get in their little apartment. I mean, is that the American dream then to eke out a living and then hope that when you're 65, you can quit the jobs you don't like anyway, and then play golf every day. I mean, people are recognizing that American dream never made sense really when you think about it. And there's a whole lot of people today that are saying that's not what the American dream is to be shackled by those kind of normal things. It may mean to you freedom. It may mean traveling. It may mean, you know, encouraging people. It may mean getting to speak at exotic places like that. You define what it is for you. I mean, that's the luxury of living where we do and the time that we do. We can define what does it mean, our own dream, and then how are we going to put legs on that? Well, let me jump into the questions. We got a bunch of them today. Devin from Amsterdam says, Dan, I just purchased your book, 48 Days to the Work You Love. Absolutely love it. I'm currently on day eight, but I really do not like my job at all. I've only been in my current position for a little over a month, but I can't wait to leave. Every day I dread going to work, and when I get home, I feel like I've accomplished nothing. I'm getting married next year and need the income. I have a passion for fitness and brewing beer. I was just wondering if you had any suggestions as to how to break into either of these fields or if there's something I can do in the meantime instead of my current job. Well, Devin, you, if you've been listening to me at all, you know I'm not going to have a meantime plan. There's no, no reason you can't go directly to the things that you really are passionate about, that you care about. So if that's fitness and brewing beer, 
I don't know a whole lot of opportunities in brewing beer, but I know like here in Nashville, Tennessee, there are several places. There's uh, Big River downtown. I mean, they have a brewery right there. It's a fancy restaurant. And then there's another one out on West End. What is the name of that? Anyway, there are several places here where that is part of what they do. Well, to get a position there is not unreasonable, unachievable at all. That's your passion. Let them know your expertise, your passion for that. Get involved at the beginning level at some way. Learn the business so you can recognize and see other opportunities there. Certainly in fitness, there are unlimited opportunities. And I used to own a health and fitness club. And I was looking for people who are passionate about fitness to come in to help sell memberships to do interesting things, to lead classes, to work as personal trainers with people. We we did all kinds of fun things together. We went on a lot of trips together. We went on industry trips together, and then we'd have shows at, um, you know, exhibits at major conventions where we'd have a booth set up, and we'd have people guess. Like one time I had people guess how many jelly beans were in a great big pickle jar. Well, there was like 40... 4,786 or something in there. Nobody knew how many were in there but me because I had counted them. So we had people guess, and then we gave away prizes like um, a hot air balloon ride was one of the major prizes. But what happened then, we had hundreds and hundreds of people fill out a form to register for that. Well, one person got the grand prize, which I'm sure cost me a little bit of money. Everybody else got a call, said, guess what? I got good news and bad news. Bad news is you did not win the hot air balloon rise. The good news is you did win one week free membership in our health and fitness center. Well, obviously, everybody won that. I mean, it wasn't one person. Everybody won because we wanted to get them in there. But we would do interesting things like that to get people involved in fitness programs. If you got an interest in that area, the opportunities are unlimited. Be creative in how you present yourself as somebody who brings something unique and remarkable to the table. You'll get opportunities. Well, Kevin says, Dan, I'm from Oshkosh. Got these interesting cities identified, Amsterdam and Oshkosh. We got some others coming up here. Uh, Kevin says, I feel like I've totally lost control. After floating from job to job for a while, I pursued my culinary dream back in 2009. Now, three years later, I have three kids, a wife who stays home with them. She loves it, and it's a lot cheaper than daycare. I work two jobs, 50-plus hours a week, just to make things matter. The worst part of the equation is that I'm burned out. These two jobs combined mean I work eight to nine days straight before I get one day off, and all for about $25,000 a year. It's so hard to meet the bills that I started collecting the aluminum cans from one of my jobs. When does the work you love start loving you back? Well, Kevin, I guess I would wonder, are you really in work that you love? I mean, if you're in work that you love, it ought to be using. I mean, here's the, here's the criteria for work that you love. It ought to engage your very best skills and abilities. It ought to embrace what you know about yourself in terms of personality what kind of environments you work best in, how you relate best to other people. It ought to have a spot for your personal dreams, passions, and values. When all those things come together, it ought to bring out your very best. And if your very best is engaged and it is work that you love, I mean, you're working 50 hours. I mean, you're making like six bucks an hour. I mean, how is that even possible? I mean, I I can't see that as being a... um, meaningful reward or compensation for doing 
work that is remarkable. If you're really doing work where you can use the best of what you have to offer, I would hope that it's worth more than that. I think you need to go back to the drawing board and really take a fresh look. Is this work that you love? Is this work that engages the very best that you have to offer? I suspect you're just doing something that gives you a paycheck. Combining a couple of those together, I commend you on being a responsible provider for your wife and kids. But I would hope that you have more to offer than something that pays you minimum wage or less. Go back to that. What are your unique skills? What sets you apart? How can you put legs on that so that you get a better opportunity? Well, this is Dan Miller. You're listening to the online radio show, 48 Days Online Radio, where every week we talk about questions, real-life questions that you, the listeners, submit. Be delighted to entertain your question. Just go to the 48days.com site. Click on the podcast link. You'll see an opportunity pop up there where you can shoot in your interesting, challenging question. We'll talk about it here. Craig from Hudson, New Hampshire says, Hi, Dan. For a year now, I've been successfully selling items for friends and family on Craigslist. We have an arrangement where I take full control of the selling process, removing them from the equation altogether. I take the item home and do everything from cleaning it, taking photos, researching comparable sales, creating the ad listing, corresponding with customers, and eventually meeting with the customer to finalize the sale. For my services, I receive 50% of the sales price. The benefit to the item owners is they don't have to deal with the hassle of the sales process, creating an ad deal and with tire kickers, negotiating price, and so on. I see an opportunity to extend this service. With number one, people moving who can't take items with them. Number two, baby boomers looking to downsize. Do you see this as a viable business opportunity? How much would you pay for this service? Well, Craig, I think you got a stellar business model. I mean, that's a very viable business model and certainly has been done a lot. But if you have the credibility where people trust you with their things, I mean, that's a fantastic business model. I mean, it's a business. I mean, just think about it. It's a business where you have zero capital invested. I mean, most businesses require that you put a whole lot on the line, you know, that you pay rent, buy inventory, hire employees, whatever has to be done, get signed permits and file for workman's comp, you know, all those traditional things. Then you have a business where now you've got a hundred thousand dollars on the line and you hope to start eking out a little bit of profit over the next few months. You're talking about a business here where you can do it with no capital, no inventory that you buy, no employees, no space that you need, just doing it. You're just providing a service where you get 50% of the sales price. I mean, that's a phenomenal business model. I mean, there are people running restaurants that hope at the end of the day to net three or 4% after all the work that they do and the headache and the overhead and the risk that they have involved. To get 50%, that's a great business model. Now, what I would encourage you to do is check out what's already being done. There's a whole lot of models like this as it, as it relates to selling on eBay. So there are models, and I'll put some of these in the show notes. You can go and just click on these, but isoldit.com, globalgaragesale.net, auctionittoday.com, thesellingpost.biz. I mean, these are all places where people, some of these are franchises, where it's that sophisticated, it's set up where you bring your stuff in. They do everything you're describing here. They have been selling it on eBay. Craigslist is certainly a legitimate way to do that as well. And if you're selling bigger items or furniture, I prefer Craigslist as a way to do that. 
But yeah, there's certainly a lot of model out there for how that can be done. Now, the interesting thing is, typically, these places that take your stuff and do all that you're talking about, typically they take 20 to 25% of the sales price. Now, there may be some selling fees involved in that as well. And if it doesn't sell, they still get something. You know, yours just a straight, clean 50%. If you sell it for whatever you sell it for, boy, if you get people to just let you take stuff on, I, I think it's a great model. I mean, absolutely do that. That, that sounds cool. Well, Alex has, Alex from, um, yeah, I think Alex is from Texas, has a message here. Hi, Dan. Uh, my name is Alex, and I'm from uh, the state of Texas. Um, just wondering, um, it's been a rough and rocky year for me, but I've come through a lot of things. I'm only 21. Um, you know, I've started two jobs, two, started two businesses myself this year, I've worked nine jobs total, and I feel like I've kind of gotten a little bit of the No More Mondays in me and I'm kind of thinking about writing a book like you mentioned coaching uh, writing a book on helping people uh, you know with their dreams and with a, a getting a job for them um, so what would be the best way to go about e-publishing like how, how would I do an e-book and what would be the best company for that how would I do all that anyway so thank you Dan you're tr- truly an inspiration to me well, Alex, thank for your question, and this is very doable. Uh, doing an ebook now, doing an ebook is one thing; selling it and making it profitable is another. But uh, this is a complete package here. But the logistics of just creating an ebook have gotten easier and easier and easier. You can, if you just go to Amazon, I mean, there's tutorials on there. They'll help you just create an ebook. You can get involved in Create Space through Amazon to list your book there so it's immediately available as an ebook that people can put on their Kindle or their Nook or whatever they happen to have. So you can get a lot of information there. If you want more help, what I would recommend is that you get involved in the 48days.net community. There's a group and it's called, I think it's called DIY, do-it-yourself publishing, headed up by Tony DiLorenzo. He is a master in this thing. He knows how to put eBooks together. You're going to find a ton of information there about how to do this. Just walk you right through. And if you need to ask Tony for some help, he's more than happy to, to help you along in the process. So check out at 48days.net, our free social networking community for people who are doing things like we're talking about here. Check out the DIY publishing. That would be my best advice for you. Well, Sam has a question. Sam from Old Town, Maine. Again, we continue with these really cool cities represented today. Old Town, Maine. Sam says, say you have a job that's killing you in a company that could close any minute where pay has gone down over $12,000 from its peak. Commute has gone up from 20 minutes to 50 minutes. A job where you're up at 1.30 a.m. and home at 5.30 p.m. You're falling asleep feeding your kids. And you have a wife who's scared of you leaving the benefits of a job to start your own business. And say you only have enough money for one free audiobook. Which one of your books would you recommend? And if I lose my job, can my family come and camp in your backyard? Thanks for all you do, Dan. I think your podcast may save my life or at least my sanity. Sam, a job where you're up at 1 a.m. 
and home at 5.30 p.m.? I can't imagine such a schedule. I can't imagine a job, a job that's killing you. Sam, you need to listen to our old buddy, Johnny Paycheck. Take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. Well, I know it, it may be a little challenging, and certainly I wouldn't recommend doing that literally, but you better be looking at an opportunity to say that and walk out the door, because if your job is what you describe, your wife is concerned about the benefits, I'll tell you what, the only benefit she needs to be concerned with is your life insurance, because that's what she's going to be needing shortly. Getting up, leaving at one. 30 a.m. home at 5 30 p.m. in a job that's killing you a job where they've cut your pay and the doors may close anyway you need to have an exit plan now sam you ask and i appreciate your you wanting recommendation on what you would what i would recommend that you purchase of mine i'm going to send you a care package i, I want to help get you out of this situation pronto I'm going to send you a 48 days package that has a 48 days to the work you love in it. No more Mondays. Wisdom meets passion. My newest book. Yeah. I want you to read that. And I'm also going to send you the audio set that Joanne and I have done called living, loving and working. It talks about creating a life together, a life like we have, but a life that's meaningful was it always easy? No, but we were always committed together to make it what it is today. I'm going to send you that audio that you can listen to. Boy, that is just that 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 is just you have got to give yourself some space. You're killing yourself in that and again, trust me, your wife better make sure your life insurance benefits are in place because that's going to come around all too soon unless you make a change. Well, Deborah has a question. Deborah from Australia, and she has a very interesting question, kind of a kind of a turn, but still a very common kind of issue. Hi, Dan. My name's Deborah, and I'm from Melbourne, Australia. I've been listening to your podcast for about a year now, and I've learned a lot, and it really has transformed my life. But I have a question. I returned to Australia from living overseas as a missionary tent maker about a year ago and we had a variety of reasons, family reasons for coming back but I didn't really want to come because all the things I hate most about Australia, its excessive regulation and its nanny state are encapsulated in my own family. I'm enjoying being back here, it's been quite good for all the reasons we needed to come back. I love spending time with my dad but one of my sisters is everything I hate about Australia. She's legalistic, she is judgmental, and she every time I make a success, she has a deflating comment. I don't want to go the attack route and tell her what's wrong with her family and her decisions, but every time I get together with her, I just want to walk out of the room. 
you have any suggestions? Thanks. Well, Deborah, you can be confident I have some suggestions. Let me give you an example here. In my business, I tell people there are probably 20, 25 things that need to be done. I probably do two or three of those pretty well. Guess where I spend 98% of my time doing those two or three things. If I had to spend the bulk of my time in those other areas, I would hate the business I have. I mean, I do just the things that I really enjoy. Now, when we're dealing with a situation like you're describing, you can tolerate an obnoxious, judgmental, criticizing family member if it's one hour a month. But if it's something where you're confronted with that three hours a day, yeah, you got to change that. So you've got to put some parameters around the amount of time that you subject yourself to this garbage that you're describing. Yeah, you can continue to love family members. Man, I've got family members that I love, and I love the fact that I only see them once every two years because I'm not going to subject myself to the way they think, to the way they live. Two suggestions I've got for you. First is the book by Henry Cloud called Boundaries. Got to get that. It's the classic out there for how to create boundaries when it comes to family members. And that's what I'm suggesting. I don't know if you're, if you're in a situation where you are confronted with this demeaning sister every day, or if it's just at family occasions and on the weekends, but create some clear guidelines so you're not subjected to that. Nobody wants to look forward to that. When there's something that's that life-sucking, as you describe, you, know, you shouldn't be subjected to that more than you know, twice a year at holidays at most. The other book I would recommend is one that absolutely transformed my wife Joanne's life. This last year, I'm being a little dramatic, but not much because of the impact it had on her. And it's a book titled, When Pleasing Others is Hurting You by Dr. David Hawkins. I mean, she was blown away. She's been a pleaser all of her life in doing things that other people expect and other things that she, things that you can do to help other people make their lives better. She's been that kind of a person all of her life. And she read that book, and wow, did it change. Now, she, she tells me she's you know more selfish. Well, she is in a healthy way because she's not being pulled 60 different directions. I mean, she never knew what her day was going to be like because inevitably people were going to be calling her and saying, oh, can you help me out with this? Can you give me money for this? You know, can you take care of this? I mean, they knew that she would never say no. She would just help them out. And reading that book was a life changer for her. And frankly, I loved the fact that she put some fences up for the things that she was available for. It's released all kinds of new talents in herself like her art and things that have just exploded she's writing a book i mean she's doing things that uh, a couple years ago she would have seen well i don't have time for that because there's so many people that need me but she finally realized she can't meet the needs of everybody in the world it was a very healthy kind of thing i just encourage you to do that it even with we can't expect just because we're related to somebody biologically that they're going to be the kind of person we want to hang around I mean, uh, there's that old adage, and I use it on here a lot. You become the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Well, if one of those people is a real downer, and that's 20% of the effect 
that's affecting what you're going to end up being like. I mean, we really do tend to become like the people we spend the most time with. So I limit, there are people that I'll spend, you know, three hours a year with, but I'm not going to spend three hours a day or three hours a week with a lot of people, including family members. I encourage you to look at it in that way. Mark says, Dan, I need your help. I'm working a corporate job. It's unique. I'm an investigator. That's all I can say. The work is important. Professional comes with authority. People think it's interesting and intriguing. It has all the usual benefits, medical, 401k, company car. I've been with the company for two and a half years. I've been forcing myself to enjoy it. Last week, I had a series of panic attacks and floods of anxiety that almost led me to resign without notice. Currently, I'm on a three-week personal leave to get my head together. The anxiety came from the job. I've been diagnosed with anxiety disorder and the job has a social component. I'm a veteran and thrived in a paramilitary job. I'm considering a firefighter job. However, I have no clue what I want to do with my life. Please help. Well, the first thing you've got to do, Mark, is get some margin in your life. I mean, if the work is causing that much stress, certainly the three weeks away, hopefully that will help you kind of take a deep breath, but you can't just go right back into the way it was before. But when when we talk about balance and success in life, I mean, be clear, success is not only about what you're doing in work. I mean, are you making deposits of success in your physical well-being, in your relationships, your spiritual wellness, in personal development, socially? And make sure that you're looking to all those areas as well to have balance in those areas. And a lot of times, I mean, we can deal with things that aren't perfect in an eight-hour work day if we have major success happening in other areas of our life. But if we don't, then work can be too emotionally draining. It can be too central to what we do. Now, you may be surprised to hear me talk about that because I write about having fulfilling work. I write about the importance of work. And the fact that it ought to blend your passion, your talents, your wisdom, all those things. But in spite of all that, I certainly recognize meaningful work, the perfect work, is still one tool for a successful life. It's not enough. I mean, you, I, mean I certainly look for building success in other areas of my life. When I set goals, as I'm doing right now for 2013, that, I mean, that one small part of that is related to work, career, making money. Major parts have to do with what I'm doing in those other areas of my life. And I've done some really cool things physically this year that I want to continue and expand on. Relationships, socially, personal development, the new things I want to do in those areas that don't have anything to do with work, career, or making money. I mean, I love getting excited about goals in those areas. I suspect you've let some of those things go. I would encourage you to ramp up your focus on those non-work areas of your life where you want success. But then you are ultimately going to have to decide, is this work a fit or do you need to do a job search? And it sounds like you've got plenty of marketable skills. So if you need to do a job search, jump back in the game. You might even start it during this three-week period off. Jump back in the game. Do a job search to find some new opportunities that are a better fit. Well, you're listening to Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Every week, we just unpack your wonderful, interesting, intriguing questions, thought-provoking questions in ways that we can all dig a little deeper, find ways that we can help each other and go to higher levels of success. You know, 
Success principles are very transferable. That's why if you're listening to questions here that have to do with personal relationships or with real estate or construction or writing books, it doesn't matter if those aren't hot spots in your own life. The principles for success in any of those areas are transferable to the very things that you're dealing with. I mean, that's why I, I read such a broad array of books. Listen to podcasts from a wide array of people in different topics. I go to workshops and seminars that are on areas of focus that I don't have a real major interest in, but I know success is like that. It creeps in from so many different ways all the way to, you know, I find people who are doing real estate success seminars and I learn from them, although I'm not involved in real estate. And I learn from my five-year-old granddaughter when we go to Taco Bell together because she sees things from a different perspective. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for people who have a fresh perspective and help me see things that I'm missing. That's what we try to do right here on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Again, if you got a question, you can go to the 48days.com website, click on the podcast link, and you can ask your question there. Ben from Atlanta says, Dan, in August of this year, I began my own health and wellness coaching business. I want to help children and adults win the battle against obesity by promoting lifestyle change, by sharing my story and experience of losing 160 pounds, going from 360 pounds to triathlete. Well, they'd put him at 200, lost 160 pounds. Ben says, I currently have two paying clients. What can I do to market my business? I'm currently writing a book about my journey. I have a blog and working on a one day workshop. I would love to hear your thoughts. This is a perfect example, Ben. And a lot of people, a lot of you listening have something that's comparable to what Ben is talking about. He has a personal story and a success plan related to what he did personally in a physical area. A lot of you may have that in a physical area in terms of relationships, maybe in parenting, maybe in hand on your finances, when you have the seed of something that where you now have intellectual expertise, you have intellectual capital, what we're talking about is how can you leverage that? Now, that's certainly what I've done in my business is, can I write books? Yes, that's one thing that I can do. Can I do other things? Oh, yeah, I certainly can. I want you to go check out the Venn diagram. If you go to 48days.com and look at Helpful resources. It's the first link under there, 48 Days Worksheets. And you can look at the model that we use at 48 Days, our business model. It's three overlapping circles. And by doing so, it creates seven distinct areas. So we have seven distinct revenue streams at 48 Days. And in each of those, each of those has a budget and projected income. That's what you can do with what you're talking about here. So Can you have paying clients? Yes. So you're coaching. That's one income stream. Can you coach enough to make a really reasonable living with just helping people through their health challenges? Um, Maybe a a mediocre living, but probably not going to really be extraordinary. Then you say that you're currently writing a book. Okay, there's another stream. Yeah, that's a very viable thing. You can write an e-book. You can write a full book. You can do audio programs. You can write an instructional manual. Then you said that you are working on a one-day workshop. Boom, you're going to do live events. I mean, you've already hit on about four of the things that I do. 
and go there and look at my Venn diagram. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. And again, you can just see the kind of things that I'm talking about doing there. You know, I shared this recently at a conference and the conference was for speakers. So people who speak now to speak, somebody who's starting out as a speaker may get $2,500 for their speaking. Then you're going to go up. Certainly people like, you know, Bill Clinton or Colin Powell are going to get $50,000. Not many people are in that strata, but let's say that you are speaking and you're making $2,500 per presentation and you're going to get 20 bookings in this next year. Well, that's what that's $50,000. Well, that's okay. But what if you want to make $150,000 rather than 50? Is there a way to leverage what your area of expertise is, the topic that you're speaking on, and increase your income dramatically? Well, sure there is. That's what we're talking about. How do you do that? I mean, you can increase your income dramatically, not by raising your speaking fee, which may be artificial. You maybe can't go from 2,500 to 5,000 overnight. You don't have the track record, the reputation, the credibility. Or you may even be in a a market like uh, speaking at high schools and universities where it's really not realistic to go much beyond that. And you may also not want to live out of hotels and airports where you don't want to go from 20 engagements to 50 or 80. My buddy Andy Andrews, he speaks about 80, does about 80 corporate events a year. Well, that's a lot. You may not want to do that. Are there ways to do that? The Venn diagram shows you how to do that. I did that at the presentation, the... uh, the organizer of the event, well, it was Ken Davis's launch event. Ken Davis and Michael Hyatt put this event on. I was privileged to speak at that. And this is what Ken said in his video and written testimonial afterwards. Mike Hyatt and I recently had Dan Miller do a presentation developing multiple streams of income at our launch conference. Wow is the only word that comes to mind. Dan inspired our students with practical strategies that will change their lives. For me, the value of Dan's presentation was the equivalent of him writing me a $100,000 check. That's the minimum I believe we will benefit financially from hearing his presentation. Ken Davis from Dynamic Communications International. Ken and Mike do a launch conference for speakers. They do SCORE. And then Mike's getting ready to do his platform conference here in Nashville in February. Platform based on the principles that he lays out in his new book platform where he talks about how to build an audience. And that's what we're talking about here. Ben, it sounds like you're well on the way to doing that, creating your platform, uh, things like blogging. You mentioned blogging. Now, blogging, for me, blogging, podcasting, my newsletter, those are not direct revenue generators. They create exposure that then help people come back to the areas where we do generate revenue like our live events coaching and speaking the kind of things you're talking about but it sounds like you're right on track to do exactly that great job congratulations incidentally on that major weight loss 160 pounds yeah you you you've earned the right to speak to people and help them accomplish big goals in their lives well let me go to uh, eric's question here eric's got a question that he left hey dan this is Eric Beatty with Secrets of TexasBluesGuitar.com, and my profile page is 48days.net slash profile slash Eric Beatty. I uh, just want to say I love your products, especially uh, No More Mondays. That book has really changed the way I think about my career. It's really uh, helped me a lot along the way. 
Uh, but I've got a question, and uh, it relates to my profile. I'd like to become more involved on 48days.net. I'm already actively involved on Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. And those are going pretty well, but I'd like to you know, establish some kind of presence on 48days.net as well. And I was wondering- All right, Eric, I'm going to just jump in here. Your, your question asks about you know, how to get more of a platform, how to get more of a voice there on 48days.net. I'm going to give you some tips for how to do that here. Now, I went back, I did go back and look at your profile page on 48days.net. And back in April, you put this note up. It says, it may sound crazy, and I've gotten some pretty weird looks, but I'm happy to finally be laid off from my soul-sucking life leeching day job. That's pretty graphic description there. Well, congratulations on moving on. Here's what I would recommend. To get more of a voice on 48days.net or any social networking site out there, be involved. Don't just be selling something. Don't do that. Be a resource for people. Comment on at least two forum questions every week. Write a blog at least once a week. And when you do, comment on three blog posts written by others. Be active in two or three groups that fit your area of passion. And then I got to attend a couple major conferences a year. We one great book every month. I mean, you do those things. You're going to really establish yourself. People are going to see you know that you're an expert, but be that active in the community. And that way you're going to do exactly what you're wanting to do. Let me grab one more question here. Andre from Falls Church, Virginia says, Dan, thanks so much for what you do. I currently have a well-paying safe government job. I always cringe when I see somebody has a safe job. I don't know. I mean, the guys down here at the Saturn plant thought they were in safe jobs. My gosh, a company that big, too big to fail. Well, they discovered it was not too big to fail. They, in fact, did close the doors, just like the company said months and months in advance they were going to do. Anyway, um, Andre says, I currently have a well-paying, safe government job with lots of travel and benefits, but there's one problem. I've lost all interest in it. I feel like a lion that has been tamed and conditioned to adapt to zoo life. I lost my roar. Man, I could just sit on that comment all day. My passion might be coaching, but I'm not sure how to find out without taking some training, but I don't have the dollars. I'm constantly changing my mind and interest, so I'm starting not to trust myself, not sure what to do next. By the way, I placed it. Well, let me comment on that real quick, and then I'll ask his last, his last question here. If you think you might be interested in coaching, my question for you is this. Are people coming to you now asking for your advice and opinion? If they are, then it's probably easy to frame what you're doing as coaching even while you're getting additional training. You don't have to wait on any particular kind of timeline or degree or credential to start coaching. If people are trusting you and wanting your opinion now, start coaching. Get your feet in the game. You'll learn more from doing it than you were from will from studying about it. So that's that part. So that, that's the deal. If people are asking you, then you can frame yourself as a coach. Well, Andre adds, by the way, I placed an ad in Craigslist for my grandmother for clothing alteration services, and I think we accidentally created a business. She's receiving a steady stream of weekly customers and averaging $25 an hour easily. From home, is this business scalable? Well, as, as long as your grandma can handle it, we don't want her working 20 hours a day. But if, if you see that there's a need there, then certainly, yeah, it would be a model where you could bring in other people, pay them moderate wages, for doing the work where you manage it and oversee it. Yeah, it's scalable. I mean, anytime you identify that kind of a need where that's kind of a response, 
boy, it has a potential for being a real business. Absolutely. Well, there we are. Hey, this is Dan Miller. Thanks for being part of this exciting, growing group of people around the world who are saying, you know what? I really am going to change the world. I'm going to make the world a better place. I'm going to find and, in fact, create work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. You know what? I hit the hit the end hit the wrong end note there. This is the one we were looking for. Taking care of business, let you know that's what we do here every week. Check us out, 48days.net, that growing group of people. There's the more brains there than what I can stuff between my own two ears. But uh, delighted to have your questions here. Be committed to finding or creating work that you love. Hey, check out the Wisdom Meets Passions cruise. we got more and more people getting on board every day for that coming up in February. be a great way to start the year.